0: Hey, this is Stephen Blandino, and welcome to this month's episode of the Leader Fluent podcast. I recently wrote an article for Influence Magazine on how to handle criticism in leadership. And since this is such a huge issue, I wanted to tackle it today on Leader Fluent. If you've led for any length of time, you know that leadership is not easy. And one of the things that makes leadership so hard is that there's no shortage of critics in the leadership landscape. So in this episode of LeaderFluent, I want to share four ways to handle criticism in leadership. Let's get started. You don't have to be in leadership for long to realize that criticism comes with the territory. People have opinions And they're not afraid to share them. And we live in a time in history right now when it's easier than ever to share your opinions and to get an audience. But as crazy as it can be in our current day, the act of criticizing leaders isn't new. We know that if we look at history. In fact, if you look at a leader in Scripture named Nehemiah, you quickly discover that criticism comes to anyone who's trying to do anything significant. You see, Nehemiah, when you look at his story, you realize he had a dream to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem that had been destroyed during a battle. And he had a dream to restore the dignity of the people of Jerusalem. Well, when you look at his story, you also discover that the critics came out of the woodwork. In fact, in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says this When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the ammonite who was at his side said what are they build what what they are building even a fox climbing upon it would break down their wall of stones now it's obvious these weren't subtle grumblings underneath their breath right these were blatant criticisms meant to dissuade Nehemiah and the people of Jerusalem from completing the task and so Nehemiah when he hears these he refuses to stop. In fact, he and the people doubled down on their efforts until the wall was finished in a record 52 days. Now, if you're a leader, criticism is part of the landscape. Why? Because leaders challenge the status quo. Right? Leaders cast vision, they initiate change, they hire staff, they hold team members accountable, and they make the most difficult decisions in the organization. So what do all of these things have in common? They all attract critics and criticism. And if you can't handle the criticism, then leadership is probably not the game for you. That doesn't mean it's easy. It just means that it's the reality of leading. So, if you're a leader, let me ask you, what critiques are your critics lobbing onto your leadership, your organization, or the ministry that God has entrusted to you? But more importantly, how are you responding to those critics and criticisms? You see, the right response, it's going to keep you focused, but the wrong response, it might actually undermine what God wants to do. So, let me take a moment and share with you four ways to respond appropriately to criticism when it comes, because it's not a matter of of if it comes, it is simply when it comes. Here's the first one. Number one, consider the source. You see, everybody has an opinion, but that doesn't mean you need to give every opinion equal weight. You see, the legitimacy of a critique is best determined by the source. In other words, is the critique coming from somebody who is trustworthy? And furthermore, is the critique coming from someone who genuinely cares about you and the success of the organization? In the story of Nehemiah, Sanballat and, and Tobiah were neither trustworthy nor interested in Nehemiah or Jerusalem's success. In fact, it was quite the opposite. When you read their, their, the story all through chapter 6 of Nehemiah, you discover that they schemed to harm Nehemiah. They were relentless in their efforts to distract him. They told lies to Nehemiah and about Nehemiah, and they repeatedly tried to intimidate him. So, why would they do this? It's because their critiques were born out of fear and intimidation rather than a genuine care for Nehemiah and the city of Jerusalem. Listen, you will encounter criticism, but when it comes, you've got to consider the source. And, and please hear this. That doesn't mean you should surround yourself with yes-men. Listen, disagreement doesn't mean disloyalty i'm going to say that again because because some of us need to hear this disagreement doesn't mean disloyalty if nobody has permission to push back on your ideas then you're setting yourself up to fail and, and you may even very well be ignoring what's best for the people and what's best for the organization that God has entrusted to your leadership. So when it comes to considering the source, you've got to ask yourself a simple question, and that's this, is the source credible and caring? In other words, Are they trustworthy people who genuinely want what's best for you and for the organization? You see, if they only want what's best for you, then your leadership will become very self-serving. And if they only want what's best for the organization, they may be just fine in bulldozing you in the process, right? So the source needs to be both credible and caring. Being credible gives them permission to speak to the good of the organization, and being caring sets the tone in how they treat you in the process. Both are essential. They need to be credible. They need to be caring. Number two, look for the truth. Now, there was no truth in the criticisms coming from Sanballat and Tobiah. Again, they, they lived in, in, in a way where they just constantly lied to and lied about Nehemiah. And, and Nehemiah, thankfully, had the discernment to know that they were lying. However, that's not always the case. Even in hard criticisms, sometimes there is a kernel of truth that we need to pay attention to. I know several years ago, I I was listening to an episode of Kerry Newhoff's podcast, and he was interviewing Scott Sauls, who's a a pastor from Nashville, who once worked with author and pastor Tim Keller. And in the interview, Scott Sauls shared a powerful response that Tim Keller had toward criticism. Scott Sauls said this, he said, In a dozen false things said about him, he would search for a kernel of truth that he could repent of. Because every opportunity for repentance is an opportunity to draw closer to Jesus. Think about those words. What a powerful, powerful practice. When Keller found the kernel of truth, what was he doing? He he would take it and he would humbly admit it, pray over it, and repent of it. And, And I want you to notice what Saul's didn't say. He he, he didn't say that that he searched for a kernel of truth that he could agree with. No, he searched for a kernel of truth that he could repent of. You see, truth sets us free. And Tim Keller was determined to embrace the truth even when it hurt. And, And I would argue that That's just one more reason why Tim Keller was able to finish his race well. He lived with a posture of humility that helped him lean into truth even when it was hard to embrace. So what about you? Do you take time to mine for the kernel of truth in the criticisms that come your way? Not only will this practice help you find the truth... But it will keep you humble and pliable to the work of Jesus in your life. And listen, if you can't look for the kernel of truth, there is probably something that you have latched onto that is becoming the filter through which you see all of life. And if you're not careful, that filter will simply be that everybody is against me and you won't be able to receive truth when it is spoken to you. Here's the third way to handle criticism in leadership, and that's this. Number three, control your response. Now, nobody likes criticism. In fact, not only do we not like criticism, but we often have a visceral response to it that's equally critical. Think about it. Harsher criticism is often how we repay our critics. Let me take it one step further. I would suggest that in our culture today, our actions are important, but our reactions are equally important and in some cases even more important. You see, when criticism comes, our knee jerk reaction is usually to get defensive. But you can't search for truth if you're swinging a sword. You have to control your response. Why is that? Because your response does three things it reveals, it reinforces, and it reproduces. Think about it. Let me unpack this very quickly. First, your response reveals your level of maturity. Calm demeanors are more mature than rash reactions. Second, your response reinforces the truth. So, if somebody criticizes you for always being defensive and then you respond in a defensive manner, the truth has been reinforced by your response. And third, your response reproduces patterns of behavior in your life. In other words, how you respond to criticism will make the situation better or worse. So, simply put, your response is going to either reproduce bad behavior or it will reproduce good behavior. Which pattern is showing up over and over and over? So, control your response. Okay, let me wrap up with one last key to handle criticism and leadership, and that is number four, protect your heart. Protect your heart. Jesus made it clear that the condition of, of the heart is paramount. Leadership is difficult and it's demanding. And and if a leader doesn't protect his or her heart, the fallout is destructive on multiple fronts. So, if you're going to protect your heart, I would encourage you to do two things. First, you must engage in spiritual habits such as prayer and worship and confession and Bible study. You see, These spiritual practices, they are the habits that keep the soil of your heart tilled and fertile for the work of God's Spirit. But without these practices, the soil of your heart is only going to become hard. It's only become littered with thorns. And then the second key to protect your heart is to lean into healthy relationships. You need safe people and wise coaches and mentors and sometimes even counselors to help you process what's happened to you. When you take these steps, when you engage in spiritual habits and you lean into healthy relationships, you are taking the steps to remain spiritually and emotionally whole. Now, what's the alternative? Well, the alternative is that you're not proactive about protecting your heart, and when that happens, criticism turns into cynicism. In other words, you'll become bitter, untrusting, angry, and even resentful. And if I had to guess, that's not really the kind of person you want to become. I know it's not the kind of person I want to become, but I also know that that is the direction we will naturally drift toward if we don't protect our hearts. So let me ask you, what kind of criticism are you facing right now? And after you pinpoint those criticisms, do an honest assessment of how you are responding to them. And let me just challenge you to take these four steps. Consider the source, look for the truth, control your response, and protect your heart. It's not going to be easy, but it is how mature leaders handle their critics. I hope this episode of Leader Fluent has given you some hope. Listen, I know leadership is difficult, and the critics are loud. One look at social media really makes that clear, doesn't it? And yet, I I want you to know that I believe that you can handle the critics and the criticism wisely, and these four steps will help you do just that. Listen, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't let the critics talk you out of your calling, We need you, and I believe God will help you move forward with his strength and with his grace and with his wisdom. Hey, thanks again for listening to this episode of Leader Fluent, and I look forward to our next episode together.